Please listen carefully. Welcome to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast, telling the world how we think and do through the support of our friends, alumni, and more. I'm your host, Taylor Pardue. On today's episode, we're joined by Vice Chancellor Brian Sisko to learn how NC State's recent Think and Do the Extraordinary campaign has set the university up for a big, bold future, and about what that future holds. We're honored to have Brian Sisko with us here today. He's NC State's Vice Chancellor for University Advancement and has really been um, a major leader in our Think and Do the Extraordinary campaign, which came to a close last December. Thank you for joining us today, Brian. My pleasure. To kick things off today, please give us just a quick overview of all that we accomplished in our recent campaign, what it's done for the university, and just kind of how that sets us up for the future. Well, thanks, Terry. All right. I think to start, we, we really need to look backward and to think about you know, where we started. Uh, this campaign was launched publicly in 2016, but there was a lot of work done prior to the, the public launch of the sure. campaign. And for those that may recall, we launched the campaign with over a billion dollars already committed. So there was a lot of work done in what I like to refer to as the nucleus phase. It's that couple of years that leads up to the, the launch of the public phase. Okay. But it was at that time that we... We talked about really five overarching goals for this campaign. Uh, the, the first and foremost was to to really elevate NC State's brand, both in terms of awareness and reputation. And I think it's fair to say that this campaign uh, allowed us to really do that, particularly within the borders of North Carolina. Uh, when you think about parts of this state that uh, we may have lagged uh, some of our uh schools down the road, let's say. And, and I think at the end of the campaign, we can look back now and say from a brand recognition and reputation and visibility perspective uh, that we're in a much stronger place today. Uh, so that was really kind of the first overarching goal. The second was to uh, mobilize and expand our alumni volunteer network. And boy, we sure did that throughout the period of this campaign. We had more alumni volunteers than ever before. The, the campaign cabinet, which represented volunteers from every school and college and unit, uh, came together regularly. They were engaged with the university from, from the very beginning. And, and I think the, the, the participation in this campaign really shows uh, how well we were able to bring uh, more alumni and friends to the table than, than ever before. We also talked about this thing that I've referred to as a culture of philanthropy. And to me, that was uh, perhaps the, the most important piece of uh, what was going to be essential in achieving success in this campaign. And, and what that really represents is how we visibly demonstrate throughout the period of the campaign uh, the impact that, that philanthropic dollars uh, have made or will make on the university. And I think we did that uh, particularly in how we communicated to our constituents, how we uh, visibly demonstrated uh, the impact through uh, grand openings, through uh, gift announcements, uh, just bringing focus to what those philanthropic dollars would do uh, for the intended cause. And 
the campus community as a whole became much more engaged on a day-to-day level in, in really elevating NC State throughout the period of this campaign. Uh, perhaps the most visible uh, sense of that is our annual day of giving. Uh, we've just completed our fourth day of giving and continue to set records in terms of uh, donor participation and dollars raised. So incredible. Uh, the fourth issue, and it's one that's uh, been a focus of mine in the eight years I've been here, is to really build out the, the infrastructure uh, within university advancement to be able to carry forth a, a campaign of this magnitude. Part of that is uh, ensuring a much stronger one-pack mentality uh, where effective coordination and collaboration across colleges and units, along with the central advancement uh, functions, uh, in terms of how they operate and how they work together with one another. I think we've come leaps and bounds uh, in the time period of this campaign, and that'll only set the stage for greater things to follow. And the fifth, and, and perhaps the uh, perhaps the most important goal, is we wanted to raise $1.6 billion uh, over the period of this, of this campaign. Uh, really the most ambitious fundraising effort the university has ever undertaken, uh, and one that we knew was going to be a stretch uh, from, from, from day one. And uh, so that was, you know, where we started with this campaign. Um, and in those kind of more tangible, subjective goals were, were things that we really set our sights on uh, early on and, and really continued throughout the campaign. Excellent. Um, you mentioned $1.6 billion. We know now, a few months removed from the campaign, how much we excelled that goal, exceeded that goal. Uh, tell us a little bit about just what all went into that, how our PAC came together, especially during COVID, which made things even tougher for this campaign, and how that really unified us in this goal of trying to provide more for our students and for our faculty? You know, I think one of the things I've experienced in the time I've been at NC State is the pride and passion that our alumni have in NC State is is frankly surpassed by no one. Um, at the same time, I believe that NC State hadn't uh, routinely tapped into that pride and passion previously. Um, part of that is the fact that we have been so well supported by the state of North Carolina. We still remain one of the most well-supported university systems in the country. Um, But I think there was a time when the state provided so much support that there was less of a need to uh, expand our reach to, to raise private support. Sure. And, you know, the chancellor is often quoted as saying, you know, with state support, we can and have been a very good university. But the road from good to great is paved with the private resources that uh, that the university is able to garner from from those who care deeply about the institution. So um, but we're newer at this game than many other schools. Many other universities have been at this a, a lot longer. I like to, to joke that uh, Harvard had their first campaign in 1643. They've been at this a while, yeah. right? Uh, NC State really only got serious about maintaining uh, its uh, alumni records electronically in the 1980s. And so yeah. to a certain degree, we've been playing catch-up. But uh, the good news is that our alumni and friends were were poised. They were ready to jump in. Part of that's a function that of uh, the fact that two thirds of our alumni remain residents of North Carolina. 
fully one-third of our alumni are based right here in the Triangle. And so people are closer to the action. And I think as a result of that, they feel more connected uh, yeah. than other institutions where maybe they, you know, they, they move out of the area or out of the state or out of the country. Um, we've had the benefit of having folks closer to us. And so that, that connection is stronger here. We just hadn't, as a university, taken full advantage of that historically. And I think this was a campaign where uh, we were able to, to, to seize that opportunity. And it, it, it really paid off in a multitude of ways. Absolutely. Uh, just for listeners who may not have caught one of our earlier episodes, uh, our final campaign total came to $2,103,932,120, uh, which greatly exceeded our $1.6 billion uh, ambitious goal at the time. Something that you know a lot of people may not realize, talking about playing catch-up and how quickly we have caught up, only 12 other public universities in the United States have ever closed a fundraiser at or above $2 billion. So uh, I know I've heard you say it uh, from time to time, we are in rarefied air now. Uh, we've really uh, shown what our PAC can do when we have the opportunity um, to give and uh, just the, the joint mindset. Yeah, I think that's true, Taylor. It puts us in, in, in really good company. Uh, and importantly, it's also helpful to, to think about the universities that we may think would already be part of that company that are not. Uh, and that includes Georgia Tech or Virginia Tech or Michigan State or Florida State or Clemson, South Carolina, uh, and, and on and on and on, right? And so... Uh, we've been able to, 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 to really take it to a whole nother level. And, and it's something that our alumni uh, and friends should be very proud of. Um, you know, we recently put together a, uh, a film highlighting the impact of the campaign. And at the front end of that, uh, I'm captured as talking about how, uh, you know, for those that have not reunited, have not reconnected with, with NC State, uh, I, I do feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for what they've missed. Uh, now, it doesn't mean there isn't an opportunity going forward because I think uh, the continued ability to reconnect with NC State will only be enhanced. Uh, we're only going to look to springboard off of what this campaign has done to engage our, our friends and family. And so um, the time uh, is, is now. Uh, if you haven't had that chance to reconnect, uh, we'd love for you to, to be part of the pack. And, and in fact, one of the things when I meet with groups of alumni, and we've been uh, touring the country in what we call our uh, tour of gratitude. Uh, we've been in, uh, I think we've done 12 stops now across the state and across the country. But I, but I say to our alumni and friends, the single most important thing that, that they can do at this stage is to identify those four or five uh, fellow alumni or friends that they know care as deeply about NC State as, as they do, but maybe just haven't had that opportunity to reconnect and, and bring them to the table because we welcome them with, with open arms and sure. can't wait for them to, to experience NC State of 2022 um, because it's a remarkable place. I think that's a great segue. So many people hear that, that large number, that $2.1 billion dollars. And they think, you know, this is a, an enormous pot of money. You're never going to have to fundraise again. This solves all your all your problems. Help people understand that how that's earmarked, how how the that actually affects the university and how it's divvied up, and how you know what are our needs going forward that are always going to be um, 
pressing issues for the university. Mm-hmm. You know, I, sometimes folks will joke, you know, they say to me, you know, you and the chancellor must have this big vault with this sure. $2 billion sitting <laughs> in it. And I can assure you that this isn't the case. <laughs> uh, the way campaigns work is it's an accumulation of gifts that the university receives over that period of time mm-hmm. that go directly to whatever the the cause is that that donor wants to support. Yeah. And I'm a big believer that... Um, you know, our job is to help you understand where your passion is at the university, because I know if we connect you to that, whether it's athletics, academics, the libraries, music, art, the technician, whatever that may be, um, that if we can connect you to your point area of passion, you're more likely to want to support that eventually. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, we have today over 7,000 different accounts to which donors contribute on a regular basis. So there's virtually nothing at the university that doesn't already have an established account that you can give to today. Um, but think of this as, as an accumulated amount of money. So one of the things, for example, is during the period of this campaign, we put a large emphasis on building the university's endowment. When Chancellor Woodson arrived in 2010, our university endowment was roughly $400 million. And he quickly recognized that that was insufficient to meet the needs of this great university. And so he made it a priority and it became really the most important priority in this campaign was to build the endowment. And I'm really pleased to say of the 2.1 billion uh, in total commitments, that over a billion of that, so just less than half of that was gifts earmarked to build the endowment. Okay. Now, not all of that has been received. In some of those, it's a multi-year pledge. In other cases, it's an individual who's put NC State in their estate plan. Sure. So in those cases, you know, we all know that the best way to extend your lifespan by 25 years is to put your alma mater in your estate <laughs> plan. <laughs> um, so those funds will come eventually over time. Sure. So even within that $2.1 billion, it's not all cash in hand. Exactly. Um, but in the case of endowment, um, not only have we experienced some tremendous investment growth over the past mm. 10 or 12 years, yeah. um, but we've also added an additional $650 million of new dollars through, give, through gifts uh, that were included in this campaign to help build that endowment to now to a point now where the total endowment's over $2 billion. Now, to put that in perspective, university has a, a spending rule. We spend a 4% payout on the endowment. But where that is really critical is in the support that drives directly to the bottom line. So, for example, the spending from our endowment when the chancellor came here was less than $10 million a year. This past year, the spending from endowment resource was over $65 million. So that's a tremendous increase. Mm -hmm. But consider that in the grand scheme of the fact that the university has an annual budget of roughly $2 billion. It still represents a fairly small percentage of the operating budget of the university. Mm -hmm. It's critical because... In particular, what that uh, has done is provided more scholarships. So today, uh, as a result of this campaign, over 5,000 more students are receiving financial aid today than were prior to the start of the campaign. So that says to me that there are maybe as many as 5,000 students who might not have had the, the opportunity to attend NC State yeah. had it not been for this campaign. So if you really want tangible outcome, there's no better example than the financial aid that scholarships and fellowships provide mm-hmm. to 
uh, help augment the, you know, the cost of education that our students, uh, you know, have to bear. Yeah. Again, if listeners haven't heard um, the previous episodes where we gave those rundowns, we have 13, over 1,300 new scholarships and fellowships that have been created during the campaign. A lot of those came through what we call the Extraordinary Opportunity Scholarship Initiative. Tell us a little bit about that, how that's already come to bear through, uh, like you said, individuals finding particular uh, particular colleges, particular departments that they wanted to support, and how that's enabling new people that may never have thought they could afford to uh, sponsor a scholarship, how they're able to fund that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was uh, a program that we rolled out uh, midway through the campaign. Uh, we had the uh, the fortune of having a couple of donor families step up and provide a matching fund mm-hmm. as incentive for donors to set up new scholarships. And so it became a 50 cents on a dollar match. So if an individual committed $100,000, this matching pot would provide them an additional 50000 So their entire fund would now be $150,000 mm-hmm. as an example. Um, but what this a particular scholarship was really earmarked for were students from North Carolina, uh, particularly those from families with the greatest financial need. Sure. And and I think that appealed to, a, 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 and continues to appeal to an increasing number of donors who realize that they can make a direct impact. And so this scholarship really became uh, a way that we could uh, package something that made it uh, perhaps easier for some donors to uh, to be able to provide a meaningful scholarship and to have the bonus of a matching pot of funds that would augment what they were able to give. Sure. So, uh, so we've had some tremendous uh, progress with this. In fact, I believe we're getting closer to uh, capturing all of the matching funds at this point. There you go. Uh, so we may have another challenge on our hands to maybe find <laughs> some more matching funds. Okay. And this is obviously something... Um, that goes beyond the campaign. We will definitely keep supporting this and keep looking for new donors for that. True, true. Well, in addition to that, Taylor, I think uh, one of the things that uh, we see as an ongoing priority, um, mm-hmm. the, the Extraordinary Opportunity Scholarship is really earmarked for undergraduate students. Sure. But we have an increasing need to, to find uh, funding to support our graduate program and our graduate fellowships. And so we'll be emphasizing this um, in in the years ahead, uh, particularly, uh, as many folks know, um, at the request of the legislature, NC State is going to be looking to expand uh, in engineering, mm-hmm. particularly with a, with a 40% growth in engineering enrollment over the next five or six years. And uh, a big portion of that will be graduate students. And this is all in response to the uh, the companies already in the triangle and other new companies coming to the triangle like Apple, like Google, like Fuji, Dyson, uh, and others that, that want NC State talent. They want to be able to recruit our students. And so we need to grow uh, that, that pool of available graduates. And part of that will be really uh, building the, the graduate fellowship uh, funds that are available to, to help attract those graduate students here. I think that speaks so well to NC State's land-grant legacy. Um, You mentioned earlier how so many of our students stay in the state, stay in the Triangle area. You know, as a land-grant university, that means so much, I think, to the people of North Carolina that the investment they make into our university, and now private support as well, they really see 
the results of that on the ground level. You know, so many colleges train these students, but then they go out into the world and, you know, that, that talent is lost to the, to the larger community. Where NC State is helping draw these companies to us and really benefiting the state and the students at the same time. So. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a win-win-win, right? Uh, it's a win for the university, it's a win for these companies, and it's a win for the state uh, to be able to, uh, to, to really, you know, build this, uh, you know, this highly educated workforce that want to stay here. They yeah. want to uh, help uh, continue to thrive in, in North Carolina. I think that's, uh, that's the piece that it, it really kind of ties all of that together. Um, and, and it's great that NC State can play such an important part of, of making that happen. Mm-hmm. What are some other um, some other areas that we're going to start concentrating on in the coming years? I know uh, distinguished professorships were a huge thing during the campaign with 104 new ones created to help us continue to draw even more of these talented uh, faculty members from around the world. Um, speak a little bit about how that's going to um, how we're going to focus on that in the coming years. Well, the, the lifeblood of, of any major research university is the quality of its faculty. Mm-hmm. And NC State is no different. Um, we uh, continue to be challenged uh, with the recruitment and retention of outstanding faculty. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that uh, we're able to augment uh, the salary support that they receive through the state is uh, in the form of a named endowed position. Uh, that brings not only prestige, but the additional resources that faculty can use to um, bring in graduate students to help develop their research, to help enhance their teaching. Uh, and so, right, in this campaign, we raised over, we actually raised an exact number of 104 new professorships, uh, benefiting every college on campus. And um, to put that in perspective, prior to the start of the campaign, less than 9% of our faculty were in a named endowed position. That number is now over 17%. So practically doubling the number of uh, active tenure and tenure track faculty that are in a named position. And Mm -hmm. uh, that not only only allows us to retain some of these outstanding faculty, but it's also been a a carrot to attract new faculty to the university. The benchmark in our within our peer group is roughly 20% of faculty in the name position. So we still have some work to do, sure. uh, but we've made some tremendous progress. And uh, I think any faculty member who's in a name position will tell you that it's it's a difference maker for them as they as they build their research profile, as they look to do the things that. Uh, will allow them to take things to the next level. Having a name position is is a really important part of being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, students and faculty are the heartbeat of a university, but tell us a little bit about some of the programmatic initiatives that we have going on um, that started maybe in the campaign and that are ongoing and uh, things that we will continue to keep developing. I think a couple of things that come to mind uh, that arose primarily as a result of the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, but continue today uh, I think of the Student Emergency Fund, sure. um, and uh, this is a fund that actually was created uh, after one of the more recent hurricanes when we realized that students had these kind of short-term but really immediate and high-impact needs, uh, and so donors stepped forward uh, to create that fund in 2017. When the pandemic hit, uh, we had an outpouring of support from donors who realized that we had students that were in 
in real dire straits in some cases. And so these kind of micro grants uh, became critical to help students get over the hump uh, and to stay enrolled, uh, to find housing where it wasn't available um, as a result of you know, everything shutting down uh, almost overnight. Sure. Um, a related uh, program that emerged during this time was our Feed the Pack food pantry. Mm-hmm. And so we have an increasing number of students, unfortunately, that face uh, not only housing insecurity, but food insecurity. And so the, the food pantry is there to help students at both the undergraduate, the graduate level, even some of our faculty and staff who may have a, a short-term need, have access to to food uh, at times when they might not have other options. And so those are kind of ongoing initiatives that will remain a focus for our, for the university um, that continue to support a lot of students. Stepping aside for a second, I think we also have a number of other key initiatives, uh, particularly in our athletics program. Uh, you'll see and are seeing uh, some work being done to enhance our uh, baseball facilities, uh, you'll see some work being done to continue to enhance our, our football facility. Uh, having Reynolds Coliseum and, and Valvano Arena was was really critical during the run that our women's basketball team had. Mm-hmm. And so um, y- you see how uh, athletics, and even just this week, um, currently uh, showing up as in eighth place in the Director's Cup. Uh, we've had some some real phenomenal success across the spectrum in our athletics program, and Boo Corrigan's doing a great job of uh, really looking to enhance uh, not only the facilities but the programmatic offerings within within athletics. Uh, but overall, I think you'll see, um, you know, there are a number of other key initiatives initiatives that will uh, you know that will arise. You know, I think it's important to recognize that even though we're not formally in a uh, an established fundraising campaign. Uh, the amazing staff and university advancement are always looking to highlight and advance uh, the university's highest priorities. And, and I think likewise, uh, oftentimes donors, um, you know, their timing doesn't always sync up exactly with campaigns. Sure. And so, um, you know, our, our job is to continue to to highlight and, and communicate, uh, you know, the, the things that donors can support that will carry us into the future. And we'll continue to do that. You mentioned facilities. I know um, the campaign was huge for providing us with Fitzward Hall and then uh, being dedicated this year, Plant Sciences Building, on both on Centennial Campus. You mentioned uh, the new initiative with North Carolina, focusing on increasing our engineering uh, capacity and everything. Tell us a little bit about the innovation district that's going to be coming uh, to Centennial Campus soon, uh, and how that's going to help us train even more individuals. Yeah, I think this is a, a really distinctive opportunity, not only for NC State but uh, for the the Triangle Region uh, and for our state. Uh, the innovation district is one where a developer has been identified and will be seeking to to develop a portion of our Centennial Campus. Uh, to attract new businesses um, to uh, that, that may or may not have a direct link to the you know the academic work of our university, but more often than not, that's what will attract them here. Uh, it'll include uh, residential housing. It'll include retail. We'll see 
uh, I think as a result of this, the kind of the, the, the live, play, uh, work environment that you see in, in other uh, larger cities. Um, so I think there's a formula for this that is being modeled. Um, but I think it'll take a, take a real advantage of the, not only the space that we have on Centennial, but the quality of our, of our academic program. Uh, so it's, it's really exciting. I think as uh, the, over the next few months, I think we'll be hearing and seeing more about the, the plans that the developer has for this in partnership with the university. Uh, it, it's, it will be really exciting for, uh, for NC State. I think it's just another one of the ways that we're, like I said earlier, bringing people and jobs to the area, not just producing talented individuals that mm-hmm. you know graduate and then they go elsewhere. Right. You mentioned earlier that so many of our alumni were engaged through the Think and Do the Extraordinary campaign. Um, one of the figures that I've got written down, 29,759 were first-time givers who saw what the university was doing, saw the needs and really became engaged mm-hmm. um, in a big way. How would you tell people who may have not given during the campaign, but are you know they're really intrigued by what we've been able to accomplish so far? Some of these people may be interested, but they may think it's only a dollar amount. Tell us a little bit about how you can give of your time and talent to NC State too, to really bring your knowledge and your wisdom that you've accumulated as an alumnus and bring it back and really benefit our students and faculty still. Yeah, I think it, you know we were really excited and impressed and overjoyed that nearly 130,000 alumni and friends uh, contributed in this campaign. Uh, It really exceeded our expectation. And and as you noted, such a large percentage of them made their first ever gift in this campaign. I think some of that was the result of uh, very effectively administered days of giving. We've just completed our fourth. Um, And that's brought uh, a whole nother level of, of folks to to the table. Keep in mind, every year we graduate roughly nine or ten thousand mm-hmm. new NC State alumni, and so as a result, the average age of our alumni body gets younger every year. Sure. Um, the secret sauce behind Day of Giving is so much of it is digital, right? Ah. From social media to web to online. And let's be honest, uh, today's generation does most of their stuff digitally. Sure. Uh, and so I think it's opened the door for people to become engaged where maybe those doors weren't as open in the past. But one of the things that's really critical in this is the first step is engagement, right? Mm-hmm. So I am often quoted as saying this, engagement leads to interest, mm-hmm. interest leads to investment. Right. So job one is we need to engage you as an alum with your institution, with your alma mater for those things that you're most passionate about. And 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 our job is to to create that opportunity for you to see that path. Once you've gotten engaged, then we're able to hone in on that interest. And only then, once you're in, if you will, uh, then we can really sit down and talk about what investment looks like. And investment is is your time, your talent, certainly your treasure, importantly your testimony, right? Yeah. And so, um, so investment comes in many forms, right? Whether it's mentoring uh, a fellow alum or a younger alum in some cases, uh, whether it's serving on one of our uh, numerous uh, boards. We have a lot of volunteer boards, so... If, if you have the time and energy, we'd love to be able to plug you in uh, into you know one or more of our boards. Uh, it's 
it's finding you know groups of uh, of alumni who share the passion that you have right and and being able to reach out and bring more of those folks to the table um, and so yes I think it's a it, it really is a whole cycle right and and our job in university advancement is to is to you know show you that menu um, I, I liken it to if you've ever been to uh, the Cheesecake Factory for a meal. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the menu at the Cheesecake Factory, sure. it's a book. And it is page after page after page of just about anything and everything that you can order mm-hmm. at the Cheesecake Factory, regardless of where your interest lies. And that's a little bit about what I view as our job at, at NC State is to present you with that menu. Mm-hmm. of the variety of things that you can do to be engaged with NC State. And if there's a passion for your alma mater, uh, we're going to find something on that menu that yeah. gets you uh, gets you excited. And, and from there, then, making those connections will lead ultimately to, you know, to that investment. Day giving especially so, but just our social media team in general does such a great job. And I think you're right. Being able to see not just your alma mater as the university, but your specific college, maybe your department, you're able to see these social media pages really reach out and keep you know keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on on campus and see the needs as they arise, Absolutely. and just really be able to be a part of that still that campus community even though you're an alum living elsewhere. Well, I will say, I mean, while the majority of alumni do connect back to their home college, or mm-hmm. more importantly, as you say, to their home department, even yeah. Um, we shouldn't assume or presume that that is where the passion lies because that same person uh, may have had an amazing experience uh, with the libraries or may have gotten very engaged in student activities or may have connected uh, with an entirely different college uh, or department. And so uh, while that does tend to be the typical route, we should always be asking the question about, well, what was it about your experience that really stood out? For many, it's that they were involved in one of our signature scholarship programs, the Park Scholars or the Caldwell Scholars or uh, more recently the Goodnight Scholars. Uh, that becomes a connect space for a lot of our, uh, a lot of our alumni. And so figuring that out is, is where the it's where the fun starts. Absolutely. We'll include that in the show notes too, the the overall giving page, and just show people, like you said, the menu, mm. the quote-unquote menu of, you know, there are so many ways to get involved with this university. Absolutely. And you see the results of it very quickly. I mean, you really do see it lived out in the lives of people, yep. uh, not just in their postgraduate careers, but uh, through Feed the Pack and things. I mm-hmm. mean, you really see the results of your investment. Well, I, I th- it makes me think we've got some really – uh, well-organized and impactful groups. Uh, three that come to mind are uh, the Black Alumni Society has done some amazing work over the past couple of decades. They're very well established, but a couple of newer ones include our Latinx uh, alumni group. Yeah. Uh, they just had kind of their first on-campus uh, weekend of events, uh, well-attended, a lot of energy. Uh, we have our, uh, more recently, our Wolfpack Women in Philanthropy uh, leadership group that was uh, initially co-founded by uh, Susan Woodson and Ann Goodnight. And this is a hard-charging, very energized group of uh, leadership women who 
are, are really looking to reach out and, and touch other women leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and I could go on. I mean, there's so many, uh, you, you know, affinity based uh, groups that are doing some amazing work. Absolutely. Brian, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's great to hear from leadership and really see that overall view of, you know, what this campaign has done for the university, what all the donors mean to the university, but uh, and to see the future, um, the vision that you all share uh, with Chancellor Woodson for where we go next. So thank you so much. Well, this is a phenomenal university, and it's one uh, where, what, if anything, what this campaign has done has given our alumni and friends permission to shout from the mountaintops, to be very proud of of their institution, their university, for all that it has achieved and all that it uh, has yet to achieve. Um, the The future is very bright, and it's just it's a real pleasure and a joy to be be part of it. To learn more about the Think and Do the Extraordinary campaign, visit go.ncsu.edu slash campaign close. If you'd like to hear even more stories of Wolfpack success, please subscribe to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast today in the Apple or Google Podcast stores, on Spotify, or through Stitcher. Be sure to leave us a comment and rating as well to let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening, and as always, Go Pack! Go Pack!